The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you who are listening with us today. We're uh, really glad you're out there listening. We know you're listening across the U.S. and Canada and uh, from around the world. So uh, thank you so much for participating and for being part of the Spirit of Recovery community. You can look us up on Facebook. We always get a new discussion thread about the week's topic going, and we welcome you um, participating and making a comment. We know also that you're telling your friends and um, that you know in recovery and people in your unity community and your other spiritual groups that you belong to about Spirit of Recovery, and uh, we're grateful for that. Keep spreading the word. I love broadcasting on the topic of recovery on Unity Online Radio, and I love hearing from you. I love knowing that we're uh, touching your hearts and minds, so thank you so much for listening with us today. Every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community, and we have guests who are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative. We have people that are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people or people that have spiritual insights that touch recovering people's lives, and we always have topics that get you thinking that open you up to new thoughts about um, hope and the possibilities for you on your recovery journey. The Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place. Um, Recovery is a big tent, and so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, if you're a family member in your own recovery as a family member, or you're a family member or friend of somebody with the disease of addiction, uh, whether or not they're in recovery, or you're simply somebody that's looking for more information about uh, recovery, we welcome you here and we welcome your participation in our discussions. You can email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm, and we do get those emails during the show. Or you can call us at 888-558-6489, and um, we'd be happy to take your call. The best time to call is in the second and third parts of the show. We'd love to hear from you. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity minister and addictions counselor. Also, I'm a person that has in my own circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And 30 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth, recovery, and spiritual development. My spiritual walk is an integration of unity and recovery principles, and it keeps me on the growing edge. It keeps me transforming my life and uh, having a deeper uh, walk with my higher power, and I'm so grateful uh, for these tools and for this path in my life. And I'm delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and in your recovery, if you are a person in recovery. Also on every show, we do have a drawing and we give away a recovery book that's donated by the nonprofit Hazelden Foundation, and that's www.hazeldenhazelden.com. D-E-N.org. And thanks very much to Hazelden for donating those books to the Spirit of Recovery. Today's book that we're giving away is the classic meditation book, 
Walk in Dry Places by Mel B. And so if you'd like to get your name in the drawing for that book, please uh, email us or give us a call during the show, and we'd be happy to get you in the drawing. And know that we keep all of your contact information completely confidential, and um, we don't share that with anybody. Today our topic is the metaphysics of the 12 steps, and my guest is Mark S. And uh, Mark is uh, a licensed chemical dependency counselor. He also is a specialist in dual diagnosis treatment, and he'll be telling us today more about what that is. He's uh, also a long-term recovering person himself with over 17 years in his own recovery, and he is an avid student of new thought. And so we're going to be talking today about uh, metaphysics and the 12 steps and how that impacts, um, how a metaphysical approach impacts uh, how we view recovery and how that can deepen our lives and and give us a really rich understanding of our spirituality. So Mark, welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining us here on Spirit of Recovery. Uh, Hello, Anna, and thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm really glad, really glad that you're here today. And you've got a rich background, and um, we're really excited to hear all that you have to share with us today. I know you've been um, a counselor for a long time, an addictions counselor, and that you uh, really do have that desire to share unconditional positive regard with all of your clients and to support them in their recovery and in their spiritual growth. And... um, what have you seen over the years about what's what's the biggest uh, spiritual need that people have when they're in early recovery? Well, in my aware, awareness and experience and training, uh, I find that uh, early in recovery, folks are are, are needing uh, something to believe in after they've kind of gone down all the way and hit these walls. And um, so, so they're looking for uh, some kind of power greater than themselves. They're realizing that what they've been doing isn't working. So they're finally at this place where they're ready to look outside themselves for something bigger, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. something higher. Right. And what kind of spirituality do people bring in with them? I mean, did, have they been like in a lot of different kinds of spiritual groups or they don't have any spirituality or is it a variety of things or what are they coming in with? Well, it is a variety. What I see, what we see a lot of is um, people that, that somehow have lost their faith uh, or perhaps never learned to have faith in anything else but you know, perhaps substances or going outside themselves to, to feel fulfilled on the inside. So th- what they look for or where they've come from is maybe some uh, toxic faith or spiritual abuse, uh, perhaps, uh, you know, uh, a lot of shame and fear set up in their religious beliefs that, you know, as they get older, they realize that it's 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 not working for them. And so... Again, often they are reaching outside themselves through a substance or, or also addictive behaviors to, to, to get that, to, you know, to, to feel that feeling of mm-hmm. fulfillment. Mm-hmm. You know, that when you said that, it made me think of that famous quote. I'm probably going to misquote it or not quote it exactly, but that's, that uh, Carl, I guess it's attributed to the psychiatrist Carl Jung in a response, I believe, to Bill Wilson that, um, Alcoholics Anonymous co-founder in a letter that Bill Wilson had written to Carl Jung. And when Carl Jung said, wrote something to the effect that addiction is um, looking for God but knocking, knocking at the wrong address. Uh, correct, yes. I mean, uh, Carl Jung uh, was, a, was a great uh, you know, psychotherapist who who really had a whole lot to do with the 12-step movement and writing to, to Bill W. And uh, he also said that, uh, you know, turning to a substance like alcohol was really looking for some type of spiritual enlightenment, you know, that it was, that's what one is looking for. That's, that was one, what it, one is actually searching for in, in turning to that substance. That, mm-hmm. So it's just some kind of lack of spiritual 
uh, growth, meaning, or purpose in their lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you say that Young had a lot to do with the 12 steps. Well, could you tell us a little bit about that? And- well, he corresponded with uh, Bill W. early in the early days before the big book was written. And uh, uh, he, was, he was one of the major people that uh, helped to... Uh, you know, help Bill Wilson to kind of, you know, uh, uh, just focus his thoughts and his writings and, and, and philosophies to uh, to include, um, uh, you know, this process of the twelve steps. Mm-hmm. You know, to... mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing I, you know, I think that people, uh, I know I didn't for a long time realize that. Um, when the 12 steps were written by basically Bill Wilson, I mean, a lot of people had input into it. But they, right. of course, since they had just started their own sobriety, they really didn't have very much sobriety. And it's sort of like, wow, how did they come up with these things? What are your thoughts about the early um, early recovery movement and how in the world they had such spiritual wisdom? Well, Yes, they were all in a place of of looking and searching. Uh, is what I've read and felt that was going on, and an experience through my own process. Mm-hmm. And so they were very open to to to, to reading and visiting uh, lectures and uh, pulling and borrowing from all different philosophies and. Um, Putting something together that that felt right to them, uh, you know, that felt like this is this is working. You know, I, I one of the things that I think they were they were really looking towards is how much uh, power is in just talking and uh, explaining and uh, processing, you know, one's feelings around their using their drinking, their situations. And their experiences, uh, and then getting down to that level of, hey, you know, oh, you too, oh, you felt that too, you know. Again, it was that common bond of of sharing experiences, and then I think also realizing that they thought that they had a lot of core, you know, underlying issues and beliefs that 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 that, that they could share with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that part about of. Com- being, as you said, like being in community and sharing and and uh, searching and so forth was was really key. Yeah. And you said that in your own, you found that to be true in your own personal growth that you that you were searching. Is that yes, yes, and and uh, I think the the power of of community and people coming together and sharing their truth and opening up and kind of reaching out and stretching out uh, uh, in that truth and, uh, you know, exposing themselves and embracing, you know, their their humility together with someone else just gives one permission to be human. And that often in my counseling, in my own issues, and with people that I talk to, that, you know, with us, we, we tend to feel like we're different or unique or no one else has these issues or problems, and so we don't want to talk about them. We don't want to expose that. You know, we want to stay in this, like, oh, there's something wrong with me. And uh, I think the more that people can come together and just share that authentically and be transparent with that, um, that there is just such great power in that, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Did you try some different, I know that at this point you are a Unity student and you probably, I don't know, involve yourself also with other spiritual paths or teachings or whatever. How, what was your journey like when you first started? Did you explore different spiritualities or different paths? Well, I grew up, uh, I, I come from an alcoholic family and my father claimed that he was like a humanist. And uh, he used to say things, well, you know, uh, if you want to go to church, I'll, I'll take you to church. And uh, But, you know, it's something that I don't need, so if you need to do it, go ahead. So early on, I felt like, hey, you know, uh, 
you know, my father's not really saying that I need that, and I'm feel, feeling like, you know, that would be a sign of weakness to say that I needed that. So, uh, you know, that that was not uh, expressed or impressed upon me to be important, you know, spirituality. Uh, so, you know, and, and then I, I also saw from a young age, not realizing it at the time, that, you know, my father being an alcoholic, you know, he he found his, you know, his path of spirituality through the bottle. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like we were talking about earlier with Carl Jung. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, and then uh, later on in my life, I uh, explored some traditional Christian, uh, uh, you know, denominations and... Um, you know, and and that made me feel like there. You know, I just didn't feel at home there. You know, there was just I felt like a lot of fear and a lot of shame uh, uh, was 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 being utilized to make me think a certain way, and uh, it, it just didn't sit well with me. And uh, one day I read some pamphlets from Unity and. Um, I came on my own, and I haven't left. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. What was it that spoke to you about the unity message? Uh, that it was a wide umbrella and that, you know, uh, it, it was open to everybody. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was about, you know, how you thought and that, you know, one could... Uh, come here and, and be themselves and um, uh, become part of, of, of the unity community and, and, and not fear like someone was going to say, hey, you're not doing that right or you're doing it wrong or, you know, you're not believing in this enough or, you know, you're going to go to hell if you don't believe this or, uh, you know, if you don't, uh, you know, make, you know, Jesus, your personal savior, then, you know, you're definitely going and, you know, and we're not. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, it's almost, um, I think, you know, again, obviously people have many paths, so I'm not, not right. disrespecting other paths, right. but, but I do, those things that you say about unity are uh, accurate in my experience and that it's a, so therefore it can be a really uh, helpful place for people in recovery because a lot of times when people come into recovery, the last thing they want anybody want anybody to do is tell them what to do or who to be or you know or to shame them. I mean, who needs more of that, right? Right. Who needs more of that? I think we most of us had a lot of that, right? And, uh, or, or or we took that on. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Somehow, somehow, somehow we got yeah. it going in there. That's for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So um, I know that the. You have studied a lot of the the new thought history and and the twelve steps and how uh, how those are sort of interrelated. What's what's one thing that uh, stands out for you about that? About how they got together, sort of, or how they're intertwined? Uh, so, so you're asking me how I think that the new thought twelve steps are are. Uh, uh, Kind of create this this positive approach to spiritualities and recovery. Is, is that what you're asking me? I'm... Yeah, but it looks like we're uh, getting ready to take a break here, so we'll come okay. back to that. That's a big question. So it is. Yeah, uh, saved by the bell here. So okay. uh, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll start with the Serenity Minute, which is a brief moment to focus on a constructive idea. And then my guest Mark S and I will continue talking about the metaphysics of the twelve steps. And when we come back, you can call us at 888-55-UNITY or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm with your comments or questions. We'll be right back. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now.
many people like myself desire more out of life. I want more out of my work, my daily interactions, and my relationships, including my connection with the divine. So when I found Unity House's new book by the Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard called Good Questions, a lot of things started making sense. Dear Tom, how can I believe in the integrity of God if I can't believe in my own integrity? From K.A. in Iowa. Dear K.A., God's goodness is independent of your highs and lows, but lighten up on yourself, my friend. Everybody has gloomy spells in their moral and spiritual life. Everyone makes mistakes. Self-doubt is endemic to the species Homo sapiens. People tend to doubt themselves and to be their own worst critics. All people fall short of their goals. In fact, that's one of the classic definitions of sin. But making mistakes, even really, really bad ones, does not define who you are. You are Imago Dei. The spiritual image and likeness of God, the divine spirit within, is your true identity, now and forever. Dr. Tom's an expert in metaphysical Christianity who is sometimes passionate, sometimes funny, but always ready to tackle the agonizing questions about life and our spiritual path. His book, Good Questions, Answering Letters from the Edge of Doubt, is a must-read for those of us who listen to his show here on Unity FM or read his column in Unity Magazine. Get your copy today online at unity.org and click on the shop link. Is your life on hold? Do you feel stuck? Are you a success story to everybody but yourself? Are you tired of getting ready to get ready? If you answer yes to any of these questions, then tune in every Wednesday to Design Your Life with Reverend Kevin Ross and Friends. Get ready to answer your life's highest calling. Reclaim your life with Reverend Kev and friends and explore distinctions for becoming a person of purpose, power, passion, peace, and prosperity. Call in with your questions and comments for real-time coaching and conversation committed to inspiring and empowering you to design and live the life of your dreams. That's Design Your Life with Reverend Kevin Ross and friends every Wednesday right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is the metaphysics of the 12 steps. And my guest is Mark S., Mark is a licensed chemical dependency counselor. He also has a dual diagnosis uh, treatment specialist certification, and he is a recovering person himself with over 17 years in recovery, and he is an avid student of New Thought and um, has a lot of interest in how New Thought and the 12 Steps intersect. But before Mark and I continue our conversation, uh, join me at for a moment as we take this time to center ourselves in some peace of mind in the Serenity Minute. So I invite you to take a minute here with me to relax and as we focus on this constructive idea and let ourselves be refreshed by the spirit within. So I join me in focusing on this idea. I am one with the goodness of God. I develop my thoughts and actions so that I express this goodness more fully each day. I am one with the goodness of God. I develop my thoughts and actions so that I express this goodness more fully each day. Thank you for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And now we're back with my guest, Mark S., and we're talking about the metaphysics of the 12 steps. This is a great time to give us a call with a comment or question Uh, for Mark or to send us an email 
That phone number is 888-558-6489. The same number is 888-55-UNITY. And our email address is spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. And we do get your emails during the program. Also, we'll put your name in the drawing for the book. And the book today is the classic meditation book, Walk in Dry Places by Mel B. So, Mark, I know that you um, are really interested in um, how the metaphysical perspective, the unity perspective, uh, goes along with the, with the 12 steps. And um, it's true, you know, in recovery, some, as you've said earlier, people come in and sometimes they felt pretty beat up by life or sometimes even beat up by religion. And um, how do you see the unity approach and, and the 12 steps working together? Well, what I see is is that um, you know when one is uh, searching for uh, something else besides you know the substances that they've used to cope with their life, um, you know, and when they're open to uh, you know just seeing and hearing and uh, actually experiencing something you know bigger than they are, I mean. I really think that that's what you know. Step one uh, does for us. It, it helps us to surrender to the fact that you know we can't do this alone. So, um, how I see that related to you know metaphysics and uh, you know the unity philosophy is that um, that you know I, my my human mind kind of you know keeps on getting me to this point that. You know, this is not working for me, so it's limited. And so, therefore, my personality, my human personality, you know, I have to, I have to, you know, move beyond that. And so, um, you know, I have to um, surrender that, you know, there's something bigger than that. And uh, so that that power greater than myself, and then how that. Uh, how I will be able to find that, you know, when I surrender. It, it's the surrender process. I think that's very important. Right. Uh, and you recently ran across the metaphysical 12 steps. A man named Ken Hart actually rewrote the 12 steps and framed them in terms of metaphysics. Uh, tell us about that. How, did he, how does that work? Maybe oh, my. Oh, my. They, they are just, yeah, they are just... Uh, you know, just a, a, a beautiful version of these steps. Uh, uh, you know, they 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 just uh, tend to send a message that that you know our um, human personality is limited, and that you know because of this, uh, you know, my my life has become uh, you know in bondage to to this human personality. So that's pretty much step one. Uh, and so, you know, it, 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 we get it that, you know, God allows us to experience our, our human side, but that's limited. And, um, you know, and we get to know all that, uh, you know, problems of sickness and poverty and sorrow. Um, but uh, what we get to also do is that, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we get to... Uh, change those beliefs we get to to um you know experience uh you know a cleansing of of what those beliefs you know how they're attached to the human part of us and not not true they're, they're, they're we, we get to see that you know we've based a lot of our life on illusion mm-hmm. you know the illusion that you know we're not enough that that you know there are, are you know it's it, it's not um, you know, there, there's not enough. Um, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with everybody. You know, so mm-hmm. we get to we get to reframe that. Mm-hmm. And I see that these steps uh, are a great tool. You know, these these metaphysical steps are a great way to reframe. You know, the process of recovery, the the the, the original twelve steps, into. Um, this metaphysical uh, process that you know I've learned and been able to um, apply in my life in mm-hmm. unity. Right. Would you read them for us? You have yes. a copy, I think. Yeah. 
Yes. Um, That'd be fascinating. So, so would you like me to read both versions or just the one version, the, uh, the new metaphysical? Either way, either way, however you'd like to do that. Okay. Maybe just read us the metaphysical ones. Okay, the metaphysical step one. Admitted that my carnal mind or human personality is limited and that living from this part of myself has resulted in a life of bondage. So that's step one. And then step two is came to believe that a personal revelation of the living Christ within, uh, you know, within my own being could make me abundant and prosperous. And then step three is made a decision to seek direct revelation of the truth of my soul by moving away from personality and towards individuality. And step four is I take stock of the imperfections of my lower self or false self. Step five, I reveal to my higher power or my higher self and another human being the exact nature of the imperfections of my smaller self. And step six is I became willing to have God remove my belief in lack and limitation. Step seven, I humbly ask God to remove my poverty consciousness. Step eight, I made a list of all unhealed relationships and became willing to allow the Christ spirit expressed through me to heal them all. And then step nine is I allow the Christ spirit to express directly through me to heal my unhealed relationships wherever possible, except when to attempt to do so would injure them or others. Then step 10, I continue to take stock of my thinking and immediately recognize wrong thinking or error consciousness. Step 11, I sought to enter the silence and experience an inner revealing of the truth of my oneness with the Christ Spirit, which is who I am. And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, I carried the message of goodness to others and practiced the Christ life in my daily affairs. Wow, I love those. Yes, uh, aren't they, aren't those just amazing? Yes, it's just a yeah a different spin, and it just for me being you know from New Thought, uh, it just it just really fits in my spiritual path, you know, mm-hmm. in where I'm leading, where I'm going, in in my in, in my transcending my past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How is how or not are these different? I mean, in, in that sense, in terms of how they impact you personally from the original twelve steps. I don't know. Do you still use both sets, or do you use one or the other, or or I guess I'm just trying to get at how how do these affect you that might be different from the original twelve steps? Well, you, you know, I, the, the original st- twelve steps, you know, got me to the point of being able to understand these. Uh, and, and you know, again, I, I really feel like it's the process going on uh, and, and, and the, uh, you know, the, 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 the ability to, to understand these steps and see that these, um, you know, are now lining up with what I was learning in Unity, with what I'm learning in Unity and what I've been following in Unity. I think the difference is is that um, it's it's um, it, it comes from a, a more positive affirmation of of what has happened in my life instead of you know taking that look and and judging you know character defects and you know uh, you know these negative patterns you know it 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 spins it to the point that you know. All that just had to be exactly the way it was, and don't judge it as negative or defects. I can judge it as just being who I am, and again, I and I get to love myself, and I and I get to love all parts of myself, and just know that this this process was was you know is the way that 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 God intended, you know that that. That uh, you know, or, or what they say in, in the other trials, higher power, but for for my sake is God. And then it, um, you know, we related to the Christ Spirit, and um, you know that that becomes 
um, you know, the co-creation, you know, the I am of 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 the uh, belief of of myself and 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 God, uh, just transcending and and being able to uh, to be myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, Sometimes and, and no, I think. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, and, and be no one else. I mean, I think for a long time, uh, the process of uncovering from this false self that I had set up because of what has happened in my life, and so I, I hear these steps as, you know, getting permission to be myself and uh, not to um, judge and see myself or see those things that happen or my patterns as as bad or wrong they just are it just happened Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, sometimes i think of addiction whether it's you know a a person who has a substance or a process addiction or a family member whatever it's almost a disease of of self-hate uh-huh yeah, I, I, or or an addiction to shame. Uh huh. You know, I, I see that. You know, or, or you know, which again, and the flip side of that is then kind of a a need to be in control. So then it becomes like an addiction to control. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to control our whole future, and when we don't, we don't feel like we we can. Then uh, you know, the anxiety and the. Um, the feeling like something is not working or right. So. Right. Do you have um, a particular spiritual practice that you do that helps you that with your recovery? That's. I mean, you probably have to do a lot of different things, but anything that you could share that that works well for you. One one of the things that you do that helps you to accept yourself. Um. Well, I, I kind of combine a uh, a meditation and workout almost every morning, and uh, and I, in that I, I um, you know I'm taking care of my body, and then I do a lot of uh, you know mindfulness uh, activities, and uh, that helps me to kind of stay in the present and. Um, it also gets me to see what's alive in me, what's going on, what am I feeling, um, and, and, and you know where's where is that coming from? And you know I start to put it together with you know older feelings, and um, and, and again just kind of be the observer of these feelings. And again, what I'm working on a whole lot these days is just trying not to judge it, you know, not to judge them as being you know wrong, bad, uh, uh, you know, inappropriate, don't feel that, it's, it's, again, it's giving myself permission to, to just be. So, so I do that every morning. Mm-hmm. And I also do some, just some regular meditation, and, um, uh, you know, I also, uh, you know, I, I, I do use the steps to, to work through issues, um, you know, one can get uh, familiar with the, with the twelve steps enough to work through, you know, other types of issues. And um, you know, when a problem comes up, you, one can can use the steps. So I'm I'm learning how to use these metaphysical steps now mm-hmm. To, to, mm-hmm. to work through that. So it, one thing I'm thinking that uh, did the metaphysical, sort of you alluded to this really, but the metaphysical steps put you in touch with a, a sense of self-worth? Oh, by all means, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and, and that is the, uh, you know, when I say that, you know, my, you know, um, you know, when I say that, you know, I see a lot of people's addiction to shame, I'm talking about myself. I'm talking about that, you know, uh, because of what has happened in my life, that, you know, uh, this is this is stuff that I have to get up every morning and, and address in myself, work on myself, you know, accepting myself and embracing myself. 
and I use these steps and I use these processes and I use, you know, the uh, the the mind treatments, the um, uh, you know, the the, the affirmations, the, you know, prayer affirmations mm-hmm. uh, that we use in unity. Would you give us an example of one that you use that's not too personal? Um, uh, I just, uh, you know, the one that I start off with is that, you know, um, is, you know, I, I, I am enough. Uh, you know, I start off with that every morning and it, it, it's, it's the one that, uh, you know, again, the, the one that comes up for me is the illusion that I'm not enough. And, um, you know, that kind of underlies my deepest issues and, and so, um, what, what I also do is, 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 um, uh, you know, again, I, I identify what I'm fearing that day and then I, I go through an affirmation that says, you know, here, I don't fear this. This is, this is not something that I'm going to, um, run away from. I'm going to affirm that, you know, I work through this fear and then I, I, I go through it and not go around it or run away from it. That's that's what I do on a daily basis. What am I fearing right now? What, where do I need to stretch? And um, you know, what is what do I do today to to to, to again um, work through that that fear? That's great, Mark. Thanks for sharing that with us. It's time for our break now. Uh, Thank you for telling us, you know, what you do that helps you. It's real, it's inspirational. We're going to take a really uh, short break, but we'll be back. And uh, feel free to give us a call or send us an email. We'll be right back. Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus took time for prayer, contemplation, and conversation with God. This example of Jesus struggling to accept the path before him has inspired humanity through the ages, just as Jesus prepared himself for his final ordeal and ultimate triumph. I prepare myself for challenges with prayer. I affirm the aspects of my personal and spiritual nature that I want to express more fully. At the same time, I am fearless in examining the ways I do not yet apply those qualities in daily life. By staying prayed up, I make wise choices in all that I think, say, and do. Every challenge becomes an opportunity for new growth and transformation, and every blessing becomes a lesson in the power of prayer. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word Digital Magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right, centered and connected to the truth within you. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to the Spirit of Recovery really glad that you're with us today and if you're just joining us our topic is the metaphysics of the 12 steps and my guest is mark s and mark has long-term recovery himself in 12-step program he's also a licensed chemical dependency counselor and he, he has a dual diagnosis um, certification to work with those people who have both mental illness and addiction issues and uh, he's also a student of new thought and really he found the the 12 steps that have been rewritten um, in a metaphysical vein by by a man named Ken Hart and he's been sharing with us about that and how the metaphysics of the 12 steps uh, work together so um, Mark you have a, a great quote um, that I love, that I know is something that you like a lot. It's a quote by uh, Carl Jung, the psychiatrist. And here it is. 
There can be no transforming of darkness into light and apathy into movement without emotion. Tell us about that. Yes. So that has a whole lot to do with uh, my learning and also, you know, helping others to to get in touch with their feelings and emotions, uh, you know, kind of reaching a certain emotional intelligence. Um, uh, what I've experienced and learned is that, you know, I had to go through uh, a lot of different grief processes and getting in touch with the, the feelings of the grief process to... Um, to actually learn how to feel happy, you know, for all the right, all appropriate reasons, you know, just to get to that. Um, that so that I had to uh, learn how to to kind of feel sad, feel depressed, feel get down to the sorrow, and 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 learn how to cry. And 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 I know that doesn't sound, you know, so much like unity philosophy. You know, it really doesn't because you know unity. We're talking about being positive and you know our thinking. You know, creates what you know our our um, you know reality, but it it really does um, when you get down to it. That you know, if we don't have our sadness available, if we don't have you know the ability to, to grieve in the moment, then we're not going to appreciate the things that that that, that come you know in the now. We're not going to be able to be in the moment. I think, um, and. Uh, I've also done a lot of work, uh, utilized Carl Jung's work. Um, I don't know if you are familiar with The Shadow. Um, Mm -hmm. A little bit. And uh, so, and I don't know, that's kind of veering off the subject, but, you know, there's there's parts of us that we hide, repress, and deny. And uh, to bring those up into the light uh, and, and, and keep them conscious, keep them out in front of us, keep them... Keep them, you know, in our awareness to know that they're there, so that we can, um, you know, then, uh, you know, change that energy and 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 create that intention that 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 we want by just knowing that that's there and it's not behind us and that we're not going to act out or it's going to, you know, sneak up on us. Right. So, we have a question that just came in uh, via email. Okay. Kind of what we're already talking about um it says can you talk about feelings and the fear of feeling that people suffering from addiction often find so challenging and how do feelings come into play in the healing and recovery process yeah so why why do you think people suffering from addiction do find feelings so challenging well i I believe that you know either somewhere in their life before they've um Turn to addiction, or through the process of addiction, they they have learned to um, numb out and 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 not feel, and um, you know, and and to feel anything is is very scary, and uh, and that that can be, you know, what one is really trying to do in their addiction is is numb out. The, the feelings or the fear of feeling or the fact that, you know, if you do have a feeling, the feeling is never going to end. You know, if you get in touch with something that's sad, that you're just going to, you know, cry forever. It's not going to end. So I think I think people just have this fear that, you know, people in recovery are people that, you know, turn to substances and and it's just not people, you know, who turn to substances. I think this is a huge human issue you know, across the board. Of, and there's many ways to numb out and to distract and to focus off of wanting to feel something. Mm-hmm. So, so um, th- th- does that make sense, do you think? Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, people, like you said, they're sometimes afraid that it's, they'll never stop if I feel something. Yeah. And especially if it hurts so much the first time through or, um, you know, and, and I think also what happens is that if one has never been allowed to have their feelings or their their existence or their reality, you know, perhaps because earlier in their life they learned to jump around someone else's feelings and so they weren't taught that you could have your own reality, then what happens is that, you know, you don't have your feelings available and 
you know, if you have a feeling, you know, it, you can't trust it. You just can't trust it. And so if you can't trust something, you usually fear it. And so that, that's been my experience, personally and what I've seen in counseling. You just made a really interesting comment that you may people sometimes learn not to have their own reality. Tell us more about that. Well, uh, given the situation of growing up, uh, you know, perhaps family of origin, uh, if you got it early on that um, you were there for someone else, perhaps your parents or whoever raised you, uh, and you weren't, you know, there for for yourself, or if, if your parents weren't there for you, you know, then um, you know one learns how to. Uh, you know, uh, kind of go to that outside to get everything they need. It's that external locus of control. So, um, you know, if someone doesn't has never learned that they can have their own feelings, they never learn they can have their own reality, and so they're always looking for someone else's reality to make them feel like they're alive, to feel like that they're loved or approved of or... You know, it, it it becomes what we call in, in the field kind of this, you know, codependency. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, and so there's there's no kind of interpersonal bridge. You know, there's no no life inside. One has to go outside for it all the time. And again, that's you know, that's it. That's the bottle. That's drugs. That's relationships. All these other things that one can addict with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're talking, it strikes me that how wonderfully, like especially the, I mean, all the twelve steps, but but the metaphysical twelve steps really are a wonderful tool for for the an antidote for that in a way because it's pointing you to your a really constructive internal reality. By all means, absolutely. That's isn't that the beauty of it? It's just you know, uh, we, we get to you know create and um, uh, you know that self that maybe we felt like we never were, and now we have permission uh, to be and to have. Um, yeah, that's that's what I think the, the difference in the in the twelve steps, the the you know original twelve steps and these metaphysical twelve steps, and even the unity movement. I just feel it that you know we're given permission to be who we are for ourselves and to 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 create that self you know that was always there it's just again i think it's the illusion but it's it's you know the psychology of it too that that we're trying to overcome right and you know i know that you also you're certified um especially to work with people that are dual diagnosis clients and i are could you tell us a little bit about that? We don't have a whole lot of time uh, left okay. to talk about it, but I want to because it's important, I believe, in in what we're talking about today. What does that mean, and how do you work spiritually, or what's the spirituality of recovery from a dual diagnosis? Well, it's kind of what we're talking about is that you know uh, the old standard uh, substance abuse treatment was a lot of confrontation, a lot of um, you know uh, just you know you, you have to do it this way, and if you don't, there's something wrong, you know. So in dual diagnosis, people with it that have co-occurring, you know, mental health and emotional issues, um, it has to come from a gentler place, and um, they, they they have to feel uh, the acceptance, and they have to feel uh, like you know that what is going on with them isn't their fault. You know, it's a disease, you know, the, the, or, or or an illness, and so. Metaphysically, you know, what we get to look at in that sense is we get to say, hey, you know, this acceptance and um, this, this ability to, to um, you know, uh, uh, create our own uh, path to our own selves, you know, it, 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 it's so important. And I can see this modality of new thought or this is my want and wish, is to, you know, integrate that into, you know, some of the ways that we look at mental health, um, you know, in the present and future. I think that is going to be so important. And, again, 
you know, that's that's what I kind of read in some of the things we were talking about. Right. That's fabulous, Mark. Our time is up. Uh, it's been wonderful talking with you today, and I want to thank you for what you've shared with us and for the vision that, that you have of a, a real deep healing and the reclamation of the self and the 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 development, the the uh, ex- fuller expression of the self. That's beautiful, and thank you for the work that you do in the world and, and for your recovery. Thanks for joining us today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for asking, and I enjoyed it. And thank you for what you do, Anna. Yeah, you're welcome. And I'd like to say thanks to all our listeners for being here with us today. And I know you've gotten a lot out of this program. And uh, next week, join us again when our topic is Growing in Spirit, Opening the Heart. And my guest is recovering person Paul A. And he's going to tell us how he combines his recovery and unity principles and how he is a man who is in service. So be blessed and you're in my prayers. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Do you feel undervalued, disconnected, or simply overwhelmed at work or in your business? Are you trying to attract what you need but are desperately worried about cash flow? What if the problems you're experiencing aren't problems at all, but warning signals, clues to redirect? What if those clues are being obscured by your blind spots, the things you can't see that are keeping you from accomplishing your goals? Find out how you can move step-by-step beyond your blind spots each week here with Karen Pettigrew, Wednesday mornings at 9 Central Time on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Have you heard about Dr. Tom Shepard's new program on Unity Online Radio? Tom Shepard? Isn't he the Unity Magazine question and answer guy? Right. Well, they've actually turned him loose with a radio show, and I hear it's going to be pretty edgy. Edgy? Like what? Guest panelists discussing things like abortion, gay marriage, war and peace, environmental issues, Islamic fundamentalism, universal health care. Yeah, but they'll all be Unity people, right? Oh, no, no, no. He has a list of upcoming guests that sounds like a roll call of the Interfaith Council. Rabbis, priests, liberal and conservative ministers, Buddhist monks, Baha'is, Hindus. And he's going to interview them on the program? Better. He's going to introduce a topic and let them go for it. Imagine having a rabbi and a Catholic priest talking about Jesus as a Jew, or asking a biblical literalist to explain creationism to a liberal Christian Bible scholar. This could get explosive. Does he have guys in black shirts standing by to break up the fights? (laughs) If I know Dr. Tom, he'll keep it both friendly and spirited. Whoa, I gotta hear this. When and where? The program is called Let's Talk About It, and it's on every Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio. So, let's talk about it. Definitely, let's. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, 
healing for your soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.